So 1 John 5, and we're going to read in verse 3. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Now let's look over at Philippians 2. Philippians 2 and verse 13. Philippians 2 and verse 13. Philippians 2 and verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you, both to do his will and to do his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you, both to his will and to do his good pleasure. Now, we're going to start a new series today, and actually this is going to be, it's really going to kind of be a throwback series, uh, because I preached some messages a long, long time ago in the quarry, long time ago. We're talking about when uh, when Morgan and, and Dee and the Stumblers and Pappy and all of them were middle schoolers, long time ago. Uh And we're going to do kind of a a throwback series, Um, and we preached a series of messages called Passion or Pressure, Passion or Pressure, and uh, we shared about these messages, and a lot of them have come back to me and said, you know what, those are the messages that made me change the way I thought about church, made me change the way I thought about uh, reading my Bible, made me change the way I thought about my relationship with God, and so I've been thinking about it a little bit lately, so uh, we're going to do a series about Passion or Pressure. You guys excited about this? You ready for it? And so that's what we're going to talk about today, passion or pressure. And so uh, as we get this started, um, really the, the question I want to ask is what is your motivation to do what you do for God? What is the reason you serve God? What is the motivation you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you come to church? Why do you live this Christian life? What is your motivation What is your drive? What is the reason you do what you do? A lot of Christians, it's the wrong answer to that question. A lot of Christians, even if they answer the question right, they're living differently than the way they answer the question. Because a lot of times their motivation is not passion, it's pressure. And they do these things because they're under some sort of pressure and not because they really want to do it. And they're missing the point of it all. And so uh, that's what we want to talk about today, passion or pressure. So just ask yourself, you don't have to say it out loud, but ask yourself right now, my relationship with God, what I do, how I live, if I read my Bible, if I pray, if I come to church, this life I live now, if I live anything at all, why do I do it? Do I do it because I have to do it or do I do it because I want to do it? Is it passion or is it pressure? Now, let me give you some definitions here. A passion is this. A intense desire and enthusiasm for something. An eager zeal or fervor for something or someone. Notice an intense desire and enthusiasm for something. An eager zeal or fervor for something or someone. Now, let me tell you what pressure means. Pertaining to your relationship with God, pressure means to make, to do something, to force, to arm twist. It is a stressful urgency of achieving something. Let me ask you today, is that your relationship with God? Is that the way you feel about your relationship with God? 
A lot of people are in the second category more than the first category. Even people that have been in church a long time are in the second category instead of the first category. And so as we get into this message, I want to say this. I know that we are a faith church. We've always been a faith church. But the thing is this, that we've been taught so well about you need to live this life of faith whether you feel it or not, which is right, which is right. You need to do what you do whether you feel it or not, which is the right attitude to have, which is the right response to have. But the thing is this, if your whole Christian life is you not feeling it and you not wanting to do it, you're missing the point and missing the mark. Hello, somebody. And the thing is that a lot of us, because we're faith people, we keep going day after day, week after week, and we're living far beneath what God made for us because we're living under pressure and not passion, and that's not the way that God designed us to live. Do you think that Jesus went through all he went through so he could have a church that has to read their Bible, a church that has to pray, a church that has to come to events, a church that has to do what they're called to do, not because they want to do what they're called to do. Jesus didn't die for a church like that. And when his followers, when his sons and daughters live like that, that hurts the heart of God because he didn't die for us to just be going through the motions and faithing it, pretty much faking it our whole life for the sake of looking like we have it all together. Okay, I know it's late, but, but bear with me a little bit here. That's not what Jesus died for. That's not what Jesus has called us to be. And I would say majority of believers live like that. And that's why nobody wants to be a Christian. Because they live like that. They live like they have to do it, not they want to do it. Well, another church service tonight. <laughs> I guess I'll read my Bible so God's not mad at me. I guess I'll pray. I'm only praying so I can get some prayers answered, not because I actually want to talk to God. Now, you guys don't vocalize this. You just think this in your head. (laughs) But notice we're living beneath what God has provided for us. We should be living by passion and not pressure. And the thing is, most people come into this thing with passion. Everybody that gets saved at the beginning has passion. It's just after a while, it turns into something different. And God says, that's not the way I designed you to live. That's not the way I want you to live. You should keep your passion. You should keep that enthusiasm. You should keep that heart that you had at the beginning because that's what God wants. Not a, I have to do it, but I want to do it. And it's possible. You know, thinking about this is you don't want a relationship with somebody who has to be friends with you. Isn't that the truth? You don't want to hang out with somebody that is forced to go do something with you. You want somebody who wants to do something with you. Why? Because it's out of passion. It's out of love. That's what you want. And that's the same for God. God wants us to be passionate about him and about his house. He didn't go through all that so we would be struggling and stressed out and pressured to do what we're called to do. And let me tell you today, if you're living that way, you're living far beneath what God has provided for you. 
I know that there's a lot of church people, not just in this church, I'm not calling you guys out, but in the church globally that are bad examples for what a believer should be. They're stressed out, they're worn out. Their whole Christian life, it's pressure, not passion. And a lot of people have settled in the, in the idea that that's the way it's got to be, but it's not. It's not the way it's got to be. Jesus died so we could have so much more. He d- died so he could put in us not a have to, but a want to. So you want to do what he's called you to do. And you want to live this life. And also to give you the power to do it. A lot of people feel like that this is just the way it is to resist what we really want to do. And we're upset because we can't do what we really want. A lot of Christians live like that. I'm just, my whole Christian life is resisting all the things I really want to do, but I'm not going to do it because I'm a Christian. And then I'm having to do the Christian things because I have to do it. Is that what God wants? It, was that God's plan when he was dying on a cross so he could have a bunch of followers and believers in him live this life struggling, pressure-filled, thinking, I really want to live like this, I really want to do this, but I can't do it because I'm a Christian, but I'm going to have to do all these things because I'm a Christian? That's not what God wants. That's not what God desires, and you don't have to live that way. I've said this many times, and given this example, especially uh, in the quarry, because I've seen it time after time after time after time again, is this that Young people live with pressure for all those years that they're in their parents' house. They grow up in church. And their relationship with God is pressure all the time. And it's because they chose it to be that way, but it still is. And so for all those years growing up in church, the relationship with God is you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, and they don't want to do it, and they, you have to do this, you have to do this. And they never realize that God can give them a desire and power to do his will, and they can really live a Christian life beyond what, what they're living. So what happens is this, and I've seen this so many times, the pressure mounts up so much that year after year after year, when they hit 18 and can do what they want, they leave the church. And it's because their relationship with God never changed. They thought their relationship with God was about principles, but it was about a person. They thought their relationship with God was about rules, but it's about a relationship. They thought their relationship with God was about a law, but it was actually about love the whole time. And they missed the point. And that's what happens. The pressure builds up. And, you know, why do people just leave church out of nowhere? Because that pressure just builds up, builds up, builds up. And they can't take it anymore, so they just leave. And that's not God's fault. Because their relationship never changed from pressure to passion. You guys listen to me this morning. So we have to realize that God never designed us to live that way. And All of us probably have been there at one time of our life that we felt this pressure to perform, this pressure to do what we're called to do. But God came to give us a passion, a desire and a passion to do his will. A desire and a passion to do his will. Now let's look over at 1 John 5. 1 John 5. You guys still here this morning? 1 John 5. In verse 3, there it is. It says, for this is the love of God, 
that we keep his commandments. And it goes on and says, and his commandments are not burdensome. Not burdensome. Now, in other translations, it says that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not heavy, and they're not a burden. They're not heavy, and they're not a burden. Now, how could he say that his commandments are not heavy, and they're not a burden? Because when you have passion, what God calls you to do is not hard to do. Are you here this morning? You don't see what God is asking you to do as a burden to restrict you, to hold you down, to keep you in bondage. You see the commandments of God out of passion, and you realize that anything that God tells you not to do is because he's looking out for you, not because he's trying to keep you out of fun. Because there is a lot of things in the Bible that God tells you not to do. But why is he telling you not to do it? Because it will hurt you, and he knows better than you know because he is God and you're not. And he says, I wouldn't do this because I'm a good God, so don't go down this path. And then people get mad at him and say, well, God, you're trying to restrict me. And they got the wrong attitude, the wrong mindset. No, the love of God says, I don't want you to do these things because I love you and I don't want you hurt. Not because I'm trying to keep you out of fun and enjoyment in life. But notice, if you're living from this idea and this mindset and this mentality of pressure, you will see the commandments of God as a burden, as bondage, as restriction. That's why when people talk to you at church about what God has called you to do, you act like, oh, man, I just want to do what I want to do. Because you don't see it in the right light. That it's God looking out for you. It's God loving you. But notice, we see it as a burden, as pressure, when we don't see it from the perspective of God's love. And it says, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And notice, And his commandments are not a burden. They're not a burden. It's because he loves us. That's why he tells us not to do certain things. And we're going to get into this more before the end of this message, why it's not a burden. He says his commandments are not burdensome. We read the scripture a couple weeks ago in Matthew 11, and we'll turn there later today. It says that, He won't lay anything on us that's heavy and a burden because his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. How can he say that to us? Because he's putting passion in our heart. He's putting the love of God in our heart. He's given us a want to. So if we want to do it, then his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And the commandments of God are easy to us now. Now, we mentioned this a few weeks ago. We were talking about rest, and we're talking about all the different things in the Old Testament, all the different commandments that God gave to his people. And we're talking about what happened by the time that Jesus came along. So let me try to explain to you this in the, the quickest, shortest version I can. A lot of times, People, especially that grow up in church or have been in church a long time, see the Bible in the wrong way. They read the Bible like it's a rule book. They read the Bible like it's just laws I need to keep to make God happy. Now, the the bottom line is this. God's already happy with you. 
You, I guess you guys didn't believe that. Okay. I thought you would have been excited about that. God's already happy with you because he loves you and he sent his son to die for you. So we don't do anything we do in this Christian life so God will be happy with us. He already is. He already is in love with us. But a lot of people read the Bible the wrong way. And because sometimes we, we talk so much about read your Bible, pray, come to church, read your Bible, pray, come to church, live like this, fruit of the Spirit, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to have a time where somebody says that to you. Are we here? But after a while, you could think, because we said that you need to do it, then you need to do it, apart from God. That's where we get in trouble. That's where we get into pressure. That's where a lot of church people live their whole entire life, and they wonder why they're fatigued, and the theme of their life is burnout. People leave church and say, I'm burnout. A burnout tired, fatigued. Now, why are you like that? Because God, that's not God's plan because you've been trying to do everything God has told you to do in your own strength and your own ability. And it doesn't work that way. And I realized you could be tricked into thinking it's all about you. It's all up to you because so many people say you need to do this and you need to do that because that is in the Bible. But you need to read the Bible in light of your redemption. You need to be, read the Bible in light of the cross, in light of what Jesus has done for you. And a lot of us don't read the Bible that way. We read it like a rule book. So this is what happens. Let's just say the Old Testament. The Old Testament, God gives them these things that you need to do. No, the Ten Commandments, he gave them those things, not because he was trying to restrict them, but because he was trying to bring them into more life. And he said, when you go into the land of freedom, the promised land, you need to live like this. Why? Because it will help you to live the way I've called you to live. Now, we know what happened in the Old Testament. Those 10 commandments went to 613 commandments. And hundreds of more traditions that men and women added to the commandments of God. (laughs) So by the time that Jesus came, no wonder everybody was so stressed out and fatigued and needed rest for their soul because they were trying to keep a thousand laws every day. They were just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up all the time. Are you with me? But the thing is this, that God gave the law to them in the first place to show them that you can't do this without me. Where are you at this morning? The point of all the laws in the Old Testament are not so you, you try to do them in your own strength. The point of those laws was to lead you to a place to say that I can't do this apart from you, God. That's why I need you. And so God put these things in place to bring you to the end of yourself Till you got to the place that you humbled yourself so that God could actually do something in your life. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So that's what the point of all these laws are for. So many times we read all these things in the Old Testament, we're just like, 
God, why'd you say to do that and that and that and trim my beard this way and wear this type of clothes? Come on. There's a bigger point because God's people at that time were very prideful and said, I can do it by myself. And God said, okay, can you? No, all those laws and commandments were given out of love and to show his people that they can't do it without him. The thing is that a lot of Christians are burnt out because they're trying to live a Christian life without him. It doesn't work. Now you're saying, now how do I do that? Because he's in my heart. But you know that you can still live your own life even though he's living on the inside of you. In your own strength. And you could be worn out and tired and fatigued because you're trying to do it in your own strength. A lot of Christians try to live there. The thing is that all of us would agree when we come into this thing, we all believe it's the grace of God. That it's his power and it's his strength and he's the one who saves us. All of us start there, but a lot of us, after a while, we feel like, well, it's up to us now. So pretty much our Christian life is proving to God that (laughs) he should have saved us in the first place. Saying, God, hey, I'm kind of paying you back for what you did in the first place, so I'm going to live like this, 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 and do everything I've called to do in my own strength. And that ends up in a really bad place of pressure instead of passion. God never called us to live this Christian life apart from him. You can't do it. That's what's so funny to me about people saying, I'm going to come back to church when I get my life cleaned up. You're never going to get your life cleaned up. I'm going to come to church when I get my life right. You're never going to give your life right because you're not God and you can't do it. But notice it goes back to that idea. I can do it on my own strength. I'm going to come back to church when I stop doing this and this and this. You'll never make it back. You'll never make it back to God either. Because you've got to humble yourself before God. But there's so many Christians that live that same way. They're saved. They're going to heaven. But they try to live this Christian life apart from his desire and power to do it. And how many know when you do that, you lose all the joy that you should have had in your walk with God in the first place. That's why people walk into church like they're depressed and they're looking at the praise and worship team like they don't want to be here. And they're looking at the preacher like they're bored out of their mind, like you are right now. (laughs) Joking, kind of. Now, why do they do that? They act excited everywhere else. They act pumped up everywhere else. When UofL was winning yesterday, they were excited and vocal then. Why can't they say anything right now? Passion or pressure? I say this on Thursday, or on, not on Thursday, Wednesday nights, because the Corey age comes in. They used to not be this way. I don't know what happened to them. They talk so much outside of church, but when they get in, they act like none of them can speak. None of them can talk. Nobody can talk. Nobody can smile. Nobody has personalities anymore. What happened? What the heck happened to you guys? 
It's the truth. Parents, you need, you need to help your kids out a little bit. It's like, you lost your personality. Are you a human right now? <sighs> but some of you guys come in the church the same way. It's like, what is the matter with you? Can I tell you the root of that? You've been living a life of pressure. So when you come in, it's awkward. You've been living a life of pressure. So when you come in, you're weighed down by everything you've been trying to do all week by yourself. You've been living a life of pressure and there's no passion there. That's why the services are the way they are. That's why the worship is the way it is. That's why you receive what you receive. It's because you've been living far beneath what God has provided for you to live. And that's in a place of pressure, not passion. You guys get anything today? The thing is that God, through his word, he sent Jesus. He sent his only son. And Jesus came on the scene and said, I know there's these 613 laws you got to try to do. There's hundreds of traditions that you need to keep up. But he came and said, I'll give you two commandments that will sum up the whole thing. You love God and you love others. Because if you do those two, you've done all the rest. Now, see, that does sound better than 613, but let me tell you something else. Apart from God, you can't love God, and you can't love others either. <laughs> so he did make it easier. <laughs> he dropped it down from like 1,000 to 2, but you still can't do it without him. And he's told you in his word, he didn't want you to do it without him. That's why he said to his disciples and it's written in the gospels, there's a life that I want you to live and it's coming. There's things I want you to do and they're in the future, but you can't do them by yourself. That's why I'm going to send you another one, the Holy Spirit, to help you do what I've called you to do. Because you can't do it by yourself. So I'm going to have to send God himself to live on the inside of you and give you the desire and the power to do my will. Because just because we know that we should love God and love others, we know that we don't do it all the time. So God said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to just save you and say that you need to walk this life out by yourself. Figure it out. Try to live right. Try to live holy. Try to do what I've called you to do. I'm going to give you the helper, the spirit of God to help you do everything that I've called you to do. That's why the disciples, they couldn't do all those things in the book of Acts to the Spirit of God came and helped them to do it. And you can't either. Apart from God, what's to say in the Gospels? You can do nothing. Apart from His strength, apart from His power, you can do nothing. You can't save anybody, you can't heal anybody, you can't deliver anybody, you can't have the fruits of the Spirit in your life, God can't use you, you can't live holy, you can't live righteous, you can't live full of joy, you can't live full of peace apart from Him. So many people try to. It's a dead-end street. 
So God has sent the Spirit of God to help us do what we can't do in our own strength. Now let's look at Jeremiah 31 and 31. You guys still here today? So your, parent, your parents in here, you're going to practice with your kids, like talking to people and like, like showing facial expressions. I told you before, I'm a very expressive person. So like when I get like blank stares, I'm just like, get out. I don't want to deal with that. So Jeremiah 31 and 31. Jeremiah 31 and 31. All right, let's see what we got here. I guess this is it. Looks like it's it. Okay. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them, notice, by the hand to lead them. Underline that, by the hand to lead them. It's external. Out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke. Excellent back there. (laughs) You guys are doing awesome. Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Notice, I will put my law in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now leave that verse up there for a second. Now, what do we talk about? God came to give you a want to, not a have to. God came to give you a want to, not a have to. That's why there's so many churches struggling around the world is because everybody that's there, if you really ask them honestly, they'll say, why are you at church? Because I have to. Why do you pray? Because I have to. Why are you in ministry of helps? Why do you help at all? Because I have to, or somebody will think I'm wrong. I have to. Is that the reason we want you in ministry of helps? But notice that it reflects when you serve, when you give, whatever you do. If you're doing it from a have to and not a want to, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. And notice what God said. I will have a new covenant with you. And he was prophesying about the day that we live in today with the Holy Spirit. He said, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. So he says that in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, the old way of doing things, I led you by the hand, which is external motivation which a lot of us are still living there, even though we don't have to. Led you by the hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Led you by the hand. Sometimes you got to push somebody into something. And God says, in the Old Testament, in the old way of doing things, which a lot of Christians still live here, God is still having to lead you by the hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. And that's what their life is. That's why it's so full of pressure. But God says, you're living beneath where I've meant for you to live because I want to put my law in your mind and write it in your hearts. That's internal. So he doesn't want to lead us by an external motivation, but by an internal 
motivation. So now I don't have to do it. I want to do it. Why? Because he's got my heart. He's got my mind. He's not just pushing me into stuff. That's pressure. He's got my heart. So now it's passion. So now I pray because I want to. And now I serve because I want to. And now I lift my hands in church because I want to. And I read my Bible because I want to. And I share with other people, not because I have to, because I want to. Because God has not just led me by the hand, he's put it in my heart. And that's what God has done for us. He's put it in our heart. So this is the heart thing. He's not about behavior modification. He's about heart transformation. That's what God is about. He's not just wanting you to change just because you have to. He's wanting to change your heart. And if your heart's changed, everything else will change. If he's got your heart, then whatever he asks for you to do, you'll do it because it's not a big deal. If he's got your heart, then it's not pressure. If he's got your heart, you're doing out of passion because you want to do it. Not because you have to do it. He's not asking us for external restraints, but he's given us an internal desire to do his will. And notice the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant said, you shall. But the new covenant says, I will. It's different. The old covenant is you need to do this and you need to do that. But this new covenant that we live in, God says, I will. I will. Saying that God is the one who's doing it in you. It's not even you. Instead of you shall do this, God's saying, no, I will do this in you. So it's not up to you now the pressure's not on you now because it's not you having to do it so you don't get in trouble with God God's saying no I came to put it in your heart and give you I will that's the passion that God wants to put into your heart let's look at Philippians 2 and verse 13 in the New Living Translation Philippians 2 and 13. Now look look at this in the New Living. It says, For God is working in you. In you. Notice that, in you. Why? Because it's internal. It's my heart. God is working in me. He's not forcing me. He's not pushing me. It's in me. For God is working in me. In you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is in you, giving you the desire, that's the want to. And the power to do his will. God is saying that as believers in me, that's the way I want you to live. Anything I've asked you to do, I'll give you the desire, the want to, but I'll not just leave you there. I'll give you the power to do it. 
That's the next step. A lot of people just believe that one of these things are possible as believers. A lot of people are in one category saying, well, I kind of want to do it, but I don't know if I can. Get out of here. God said, I'll give you the power to do it. Or other people are saying, well, I believe I got the power to do it, but I don't really feel like doing it. But God said, I came to work in you because I'm dealing with your heart. And I'm dealing with passion, not pressure. And I came to work in you and give you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. So you're not doing it in your own strength, in your own way, in your own power. God says, I'll give you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. The desire and the power to do what pleases him. For anything that God ever asks you to do, there is no reason to be overwhelmed by it or afraid of it. Or say you can't do it because that's a lie. Because for anything, I'm talking anything, whether that's the written word, what he tells you to do, or he spoke a word to you to tell you to do something, for anything he tells you to do, it's not in your own strength and own power anyways. Because he said, I'll give you the desire and the power to do my will. To do what pleases me. I'll give you that. But the thing is, we have to believe in that, and we have to have faith in that. So many of us, we believe it on paper, but we don't really believe it in our real life. <laughs> that God really can give us a desire and power to do his will. Talk about everything. Everything he's told you to do, he can give you a want to, and he can give you the power to actually do it. So that means it's not up to me doing it. It's not up to you shall. God's saying, I will. God's saying, I don't want to lead you by the hand anymore. That's the way I used to do it. I want to lead you by the heart. I'm going to lead you from passion and not pressure. Last verse today, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to verse 30. We read this the other week, but it goes right along with what we've been talking about. How could John say that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus is the one giving us the desire and power to do them, not us. Now, this is what Jesus spoke about, and he said this. Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice this, for my yoke is easy. It's passion, not pressure. Pressure is not easy. Jesus said, for my yoke, or we could say my teachings are easy. And notice, he said his commandments are not a burden. And my burden is light. How can he say that? Because he's the one doing it. 
And he's the one giving you that desire. And he's the one giving you a desire in your heart. And he's the one giving you the desire and power to do his will. So you can live by passion and not pressure anymore. Let me plead with you today. If you've been living there, which a lot of people live there their whole entire Christian life. And that's why they're no fun to be around. To be honest, they're no fun to be around. They're no enjoyment in their Christian life, in their Christian walk. Why? Because they got so focused on themselves and not on God and missed the whole point. But my prayer is today as we start this series that we would live by passion, not pressure anymore. And maybe if some of these things hit close to home today, take inventory of your own heart and say, I don't have to live this way anymore. God didn't design me or make me to live this way that I have to do it and I'm forced to do it. In pressure, he designed me to live with a heart desire and a passion to do his will. And living right there is the most exciting life. It's the most fulfilling life. It's the best life when we live right there in passion and not pressure. I'm telling you, it's possible today. I know some of you don't believe me yet, but it's possible today to live there. That's where God wants you to live. That's where true followers of Jesus need to live, right there. That I have the desire and power to do his will. You know, I don't come to this church because I have to. Say, yeah, you do. You're the pastor. I'm here because I want to. I don't come to the quarry on Wednesday nights because I have to. I come because I want to. I don't read books about theology because I have to. I do because I want to. I don't pray and listen to worship music because I'm afraid mom and dad are going to get in the car and say, oh my gosh, you're listening to the secular music. Get out of this car. I do it because I want to. Why? Because when he has your heart, he'll have everything else. Did you guys get something today?